Jay Johnson here, and I want to welcome you today to our daily podcast series, Success Diaries. You have dreams of success, and we're here to give you real-life stories that inspire you. From CEOs, entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners, if they can do it, you can too. No BS, no fluff. Let's get to it. I believe in you. So on today's part, we're thrilled to have Nicolleen El-Haddad. Nicolene is a multifaceted, self-made millionaire and has grown her empire from the ground up. A mom of three and the owner to seven, yes, seven different businesses. She's known as the franchise queen and she believes in expanding your business and wealth through multiplying what you already have and doing it in a simple and fun way. Welcome to the podcast. We're thrilled to have you and can't wait to hear your, your story and your journey. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm so excited. <laughs> so tell us, tell us who you are and how this all happened. Tell us your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm Nicolene and I'm from Cape Town in South Africa. And 15 years ago, I met my hubby. We got married and we started our very first business from our garage. We didn't have very options, the different options for starting or like going to find a job. It was quite hard here in South Africa. And so we decided to start from the garage, use the last couple of cents we had in the bank to start this business. But we both, I think, unspokenly had this hunger inside of us to evolve our lives and to never be the story of just being in the garage forever. And I still remember sitting on the plastic chair at the plastic table in the garage and thinking like, I just never want to be here forever. I love where we are, um, but I know we're meant for more. So we worked really hard. And over the years, we were able to see that through the business that we had, there were things that we got frustrated with when we saw you know, a service or a product that we needed from other people. And that's how we ended up growing our businesses as well. We would start a new business purely out of the fact that we needed that kind of service or product. And that's how we ended up about, with about four businesses about, I would say, seven years later. And then the big thing came is that I have this itch every three years that I get bored with a business because my personality is all about creating things. But when it's up and running, I kind of need to <laughs> find my new itch. So we started thinking about doing a coffee shop. And we've never been in the food business. We've never, you know, done anything retail oriented. All of our other businesses were all service and it was all distribution kind of platforms. And um, we didn't actually even just share the idea with other people because we knew people would say that we're crazy. Because well, going did your hus- what did your husband say? Whose idea was it? Well, it was us together. It was us together. But he did say to me that this would have to be my baby because he loves our first business that we started from a garage. It's still his main focus every day. Um, And it's in technology. So that's his world. Um, But he said to me, if if we do this, this has to become your everything, you know, like you have to run this. So it took us about two years to plan out everything. I went to over 90 coffee shops, tasted everybody's coffee. I ate all their food. I I, kind of looked at what did I like about their models? What did I not like? And how can I create something that's going to be very different that could make us stand out from the crowd? Um, And so after two years, we finally opened our first location. And we grew really quickly because we we thought at that point that we want to test whether it's going to work or not. If I'm going to work so hard that I realized in the first month of the food business that if you're going to work seven days a week, like we need to, it has to work or it's not going to work. So we actually opened three locations after two months. And they were all in different areas, like shopping centers. One was in a quiet suburban area. And then the other one was in the city center. And um, from that moment, we could see that this model was going to work. So we grew in the first year to five locations. And the reason we did that is because we wanted to make sure that 
not just we benefit financially from it, but I have this addiction to being able to employ people. I think it's absolutely amazing that I get to share my business with other people and they get to help me. I learned that from my first business that I don't have to do everything myself. So that was like the first thing that I know lesson. a lot of small business owners struggle. You know, they, they, it's hard to let your business go and, and have people come in. But when we did that, um, I realized also five was kind of my capacity. Like I was already working so much. I wanted to be more with my kids. And then people started approaching us asking if we would want to franchise our business. And at that point, we didn't really ever consider it. But I could see that the people that were asking for it were men and women who have always wanted a coffee shop, but mm -hmm. they didn't know how to do it. And then I realized that I was gifted with this business idea and it works really well for me. So if I can share it with other people, I could change someone's life. And that for me, Jay, was a very big eye opener because as an entrepreneur, I've always had lots of businesses. We've always been very successful, but I never had the opportunity of changing someone else's life. Pretty empowering. It's empowering. Yeah, and, that's, and that was for me like, wow, okay, how are we going to do this? I have no idea how to franchise. So again, we, we did some research and we really decided also again to do it our way because i don't like how corporate some businesses can be and how hard they make things and i just want to have fun and make people happy and it's, it's really part of my personality so we made it a very simple scalable business and yeah now we're in our fifth year and we've got 32 stores across the country and yeah i'm extremely happy there's been a lot of ups and downs in between but it's it's still every time we get to sell another store I actually don't get excited about the money. I get excited about changing someone else's life and the fact that they're going to employ six new people, which has a massive ripple effect. And that is what I kind of got addicted to in this business model that we have. So what is your coffee shop concept? Why is it different? Well, Espresso is price sensitive coffee store. So we charge about less than a dollar for every item that we have in our coffee shop. And the reason we did decide to do this is because I remember my husband and I were sitting in a coffee shop and we noticed how a lot of people would pass, but they wouldn't come into the coffee shops. And we started noticing that it's actually quite expensive to buy coffee on a regular basis. And it's not something that I think should be a treat. Coffee should be like a normal thing. You know, going to the movies is maybe a treat or going out for fancy dining. But when it comes to like daily treats that you can, you know, school yourself with, I think coffee and a donut or coffee and a sandwich should be affordable to people. So we really built our model so that it is affordable to absolutely everyone. And this is one of the biggest compliments that we still get today is that people can come in and, you know, with like $10, buy more than 10 items, which is like really unheard of in the food industry. And it makes it people just realize that they can spoil other people more, they can spoil themselves more. And it doesn't become that oh, I'm not, not today, I don't have the money. And I wanted to remove that from our business model specifically. So are you located all, all of your locations in South Africa? Yes, at the moment okay. they are. They're in the main three areas. So how does that dollar translate to US dollars, just to give me some formal so, reference? So today, well, when we started, it was about 12 to the dollar. So we would give, like today, it's 17 rand to $1. Okay. So over here, how much? And we, charge, and we charge 12 rand. Okay. Gotcha. Yes, okay. it is less than a dollar. Yeah. How does how is that possible? Like my mind <laughs> is like big question. You know, my know. mind is like blown because I've lived in so, the restaurant world for four years. You've, exactly, you've been in the restaurant industry, so I I know for a fact that when we when you buy things, the the cost of what we're selling it at is is obviously not the same. 
So we were looking at also finding suppliers that can grow with us. So we at the moment are some of our suppliers, we're their biggest client because when they supply one store, they supply all of our stores. But we, from the beginning, we explained to them that we have this dream. A lot of them didn't go on board because they thought we were crazy and they thought it wasn't going to work. I but didn't the ones actually, that didn't I didn't actually us, say that. I was just kind of like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah. you do have to be, I just have to say, you do have to be a little bit crazy to be in the food business. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I, I, and I remember when we had the meetings with the suppliers in the beginning, we didn't really talk about the selling point. We were just talking about our idea, what it is that we wanted to do. And when they came up with these samples and the most amazing food, we just kept saying, no, it's too expensive. And they're like, no, but you can charge three or four times the price. And we're like, yeah, that's just not the model that we're looking into. So one of our other businesses is also related into distribution. So we know that you can make a lot of money from selling large quantities of things. But I knew that if I could give you a very good product and it's a really good size, which is another important thing about what we sell, then people will keep coming back. And I wanted that retention. I wanted to have a customer for life. And this is what a lot of small business owners don't see when they see a customer. They, they try to have a once-off sale and hope and pray they'll come back again. But I really wanted my model to be kind of addictive and people for them to come back all the time. So we really worked out on our pricing and we really found a few, like I think we only had three suppliers in the beginning that could come down to the lowest margin that they can. And our profits are really low, Jay. It's not that we're making like 100 or 200% on an item, but we have thousands of clients every day. And mm -hmm. that's what makes the product or the model um, you know, successful. And um, now today, five years later, we're actually shifting our business for the first time. And we are opening at the end of this year, our own hub. This will be our biggest business model that we've ever created. And what we will do is we will actually make all the food ourselves because through the years, we've had a lot of issues with supplier consistency and price increases and just, you know, deliverance that's not you know, up to our standards. And I've always wanted to play with my menu. And at the moment, if I want to come up with, let's say, frisk, like a fruit salad or something, and I can't find a supplier, then I just can't offer it. Where now in my own kitchen, we really get to play. And that's where we noticed how you can play with your margins. So mm -hmm. things don't cost as expensively as a lot of people think. But I have to add, though, you do pay for the experience. So when you're sitting down in a coffee shop, you're paying actually for being at the table. You're paying for the experience, whether they have music, whether they have beautiful cups, the, the whole ambience about the place. Our coffee shops are more of a takeaway environment. Some of them do have seating. It's more mm -hmm. like a, I want to say cocktail seating space, but the design of it is really to take and go because it's fast paced and it's for the people that don't have a lot of lunchtime available. So when I go to a coffee shop and I'm, I am a coffee addict, so I go a lot out. I understand why I have to pay three or four times times the price because I'm paying for the view, I'm paying for the couch I'm sitting on. So I do respect that there is that element that we pay for in certain charges, but I also understand that not every market can afford that. And I wanted to tap into the one that cannot afford all the other things and they would rather come to me. So the hub is where you'll produce everything and then distribute it. So like yes. the hub of a, a wheel and then the locations are all the spokes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, that's good control. And, and that's where you can apply your creativity. Yeah. And now also we get to change the menu. We get to try new things. Um, you know, I'm in charge of all the delivery. I can make sure people get their stuff on time, which is sometimes a huge issue for some of the stores. But also it's a business model that instantly starts making money. 
Because if you think about it, if you're starting a new uh, you know, supply chain, I've now got already 32 customers that is going to buy from me every single day. So right. already before we open the doors, the business model has been worked out. We will make profits from it. But it's more for me for the future growth, because now I can also supply other restaurants and hotels and guest houses that want you know, unique things, but they also don't want to pay too much for it. So I get to really step into that middle ground that I think is so needed, especially now after COVID, where a lot of businesses are fine getting back into the shape of things and we just really want to help and show people that you can make more money from your food industry you just have to work out your numbers a little bit better yeah i think a lot of people you know try to get into their own business and it's all emotional when it's really the other way around you got to have the emotion obviously because you're going to be living in it most of the time but the numbers have to work Yes, yes. And that's a big thing. You know, we, we change our menu, I would probably say every three months, we either take an item away, whether it's just a low seller or the suppliers increase the price. And if we don't make enough profits from that specific item, we just remove it. In the yeah. beginning, I used to hold on to things. And I'd be like, no, let's not remove it. But now it's all about making sure the brand survives and that the customers are happy. And they actually prefer new things to come in all the time as well. And that's why I'm so excited about the hub, because it really gives me that opportunity to start playing. And what we do today is I still own five stores. So whenever we roll out a new product like we're doing next week, we get to test it in my five stores first for an entire month. And we find out what the audience thinks. We ask for their feedback. We get them like to vote for things. And we look at the sales. And if we see that these five stores do really well, that the audience appreciates it, then we roll it out to the rest of the group as well. Mm-hmm. So what would a licensee say about you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think some of them, um, well, a lot of our investors don't have a business experience because we don't make that a requirement. I want people to come in when this has been always been their dream and their passion. So a lot of them have appreciated the fact that it's a done for you kind of package. They can really just walk in and that we're there to support them. However, we do encourage our owners to really live in the business, to really make it their own and to understand that you have to have some kind of business skill after a while. We obviously show them everything and teach them consistently, but you have to run this you know, as a, as a business, actually, as if it's just by itself, because yes, the brand can be really popular and we've got thousands of followers and all of that. But if your location doesn't give good service, if your location is you know, always out of stock, it, it hurts the brand, but it also hurts your location yourself, you know, totally. and that's what we're always trying to explain to, to all of them. But I must say, we're very blessed. We have beautiful people that have always invested in us and they, they keep investing more. So some of them have three to four stores, um, which is really beautiful because we want to stay in the family like we want to keep it you know a nice kind of knitted space but there's always room for growth and I I think it's important to also have a big open door policy where people can come and kind of vent and complain and suggest things to you because I don't have all the answers I don't know how to do everything perfect and I'd love to always hear what other people can suggest and I think I encourage that to even with my staff because a lot of times staff would what not know how to handle a complaint properly because they take it so personally and I have to remind them that it you know it's not your fault if something happens it's the brand and you just try to protect everybody as much as you can but I have some really beautiful people that are just passionate about building this business so that they have something to leave for their children which I appreciate so much because we have three children and we want to leave this brand either to them or be able to sell it one day to someone else as well yeah I love the part about the fact that you like to empower people because when I own my restaurants as corny as this sounds my goal with my employees was always to make them a better human being by the time they left yeah. me. 
than when they join yes. me. That's as corny as it is. And it's always been like a core belief and practice of mine. Now, did it work with everybody? It doesn't work with everybody. No. You know, you actually do change lives. You do, you do. And what we do specifically, because I noticed when we were interviewing people that they would either come as just a cashier or just a barista or just a waiter, and they could never do any of the other tasks right? because in their previous positions, that, that's specific. what they were limited to. Sure. And I just thought, no, I want you to have you know, variations. I want you to be one day this, or at least be able to help out if someone's sick. And I want you to have more fun at work because I cannot imagine doing the same thing over and over every single day. So one of our things is that we do train all of our staff in all of the areas and the manager has the yeah has the ability to move people around and to actually see who has a better skill at something so that we can actually put the spotlight on them and honor them for having a better talent because we've had lots of cashiers join up that's now major chefs in the business as well because they actually love baking and it's something that they've always wanted to do and now that we're opening the hub as well I get to pull out the strongest people that we have so that I can really build a beautiful kitchen with people that actually love what they do and if they've never been given that opportunity in the beginning to just explore and train and see what they can create you're actually keeping people from giving your business more than what they were actually intended to do when they started yeah yeah so tell me i think this is fascinating because you've never been in the business before you decided you with your husband to do this so tell me how you handled the people side of it because that world is a totally different world than, yes. than the normal <laughs> world i hate to say it like that great people i mean i've lived my entire Nicely life put. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So tell yeah. me how that affected how you had to shift. Yeah. So we made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. And one of the mistakes I made was that I trusted people too quickly and I hired too quickly. Um, and so we ended up having, I think, because we knew we were growing fast, we were always training new people so that we can take over a strong team. And then the store would run out beautifully, which is, has always been the model. But at some point, I think we had like 30 staff um, you know, in one location, which we don't need, we were literally on six, um, but it's because I was pre-planning for the other location. So we ended up having like for three or four months, all of these staff just working in one location, they would stand around and do nothing. And that's when small things happen, you know, like theft or even like just, you know, the bickering between people. And that's when uh -huh. I realized that, you know, having the control over the staff and giving them a schedule and being in charge really has a role that you have to step into. And yes, I can be a lot of fun and I am quite the manager that's really good at you know, biting your head off, but with a smile on my face, and I still get you to do what I need you to do. But I had to really learn to step into that role, because you have to trust people, you have to let them do their thing. And you have to be able to let them be there even when you're not there. And that was quite a big hurdle to, to do in the beginning. But, you know, I really do believe that this business idea came to me from a bigger source, because I've been able to make this business work, even though we've had millions stolen from us through the years. And when we ever share this with our accountants and they come back and say, oh, another amount has been missing or something's happened, it still fascinates them that the business is still running so successfully. And that's why I do feel like there's a bigger reason behind the whole mission of me having to start this brand and how many people I've helped. But I do know that staff is such a sensitive topic. There is such a broad line that we have to, it's not a thin line, it's a very big broad line that you have to draw on the floor to say, this is your role, this is what you have to do, this is how you can contribute to the brand, and this is what we expect. And if you can't do that, you can't be a part of our family. And you have to follow the rules. I think this is, Jay, one of the biggest mistakes we made in the beginning. We would just fire people and then it would backfire on us because we didn't do it in the right way and there would be like cases against us. But it's just because we had to learn. And I've always been one 
I'm that's willing to learn. Even if I if I screw up, it's perfectly fine as long as we know what we don't have to do that in the same way next time. I'm I'm happy to move on. But staff can also be so beautiful. You know, I think they bring a personality to your brand. They get to evolve. I love it when we celebrate their birthdays. Like every birthday, someone gets a cake and it's a whole big thing. And I get personal messages from a lot of the staff that this job has given them so much stability and safety. So also during COVID, we were one of the few, few restaurants brands in the country that actually paid their staff completely throughout the entire three months when we were shut down. And we also didn't fire anyone and we also didn't close any stores because of it. And the reason for that is because we knew how to manage our business properly, which is a whole different conversation by itself and how we manage money and how we save. But it's also because I promised my staff I would do whatever I can. So what my husband and I did do for a while is that we didn't pull a salary from the businesses. We literally used our money to pay our staff. And I was happy to do that because I knew the doors would open up back. I, I knew everything will get back to normal eventually. And I wanted the same people to come back. I didn't want right. to have to start from scratch. And I really, for, to have that safety, especially here in South Africa, where there's like, I think at the moment we've got 42% unemployment that was massive for my employees like I, we used to get messages every day just saying thank you that you haven't let us go so I think doing that kind of relationship where you can be strict but you also have your rules and you also get to bring your flair and have some good times with your staff is important but yeah it's been an interesting journey <laughs> well it's a great way to you know establish loyalty yes I yeah. mean you know you know lower your lower your turnover increase your loyalty, increase your customer service experience. And I mean, it sounds like a win-win. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not them. always easy. I always try to think of ways like how to use more of the profits because I hate paying taxes. So if I can rather use my profits and give it back to my staff, I'm happy to do that. Um, but we've also noticed, Jay, like sometimes people don't want money. They would just want to be recognized. They want to get like a gift. Some of them want like a cake or a bunch of flowers or a new pair of shoes. Like it's really interesting. And, and in the beginning, I always thought, no, money, money is going to be the thing. And I remember also something that was quite you know shocking for me is when we started the business, I noticed a lot of my staff never ate. They never took lunch. They would just work through their lunch. And it started bothering me, not only because of their breaking rules and I don't want to get sued by anybody, but I actually pulled a few of them aside and they were like, no, but I don't actually have food to bring to work. And that completely ripped me apart. Like, you know, you know the things, but you don't actually see them. So right. when I got to see them, I was like, no, this cannot happen in my environment. So we started that you could have a meal once a day while you're at work. And, you know, and that, again, also caused a lot of problems, but that's fine. But it did create that space where at least I felt better about my staff. And then it also I realized that I cannot expect them to sell something if they've never had it. If they didn't try it, if they didn't eat it, if totally. they didn't drink it. How can they sell it? And this happens, Jay, in a lot of restaurants as well. You know, you'll ask the waiter, you know, how does this taste? And they I've never had it. it. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so we've done that. And it's, and it's been a really good way for people to like, even some of them will say like, that's not my favorite, but this one really is. And at right. least the honesty, I think, is what customers really appreciate. You know, back in 1990, I took the first ever life coaching course offered by Dennis Waitley in the United States. And I yeah. took it because I thought, well, if I practiced what he preached with my employees, I would be able to determine in my restaurants whether people worked more for money or they didn't work more for recognition. By demonstrating everything, you know, and using those systems that he taught, people really work more for recognition. And even today in the United States, the rates are, out, are crazy. The labor rates are so high. And all the owners that I work with, 
in my consulting company, they say they just want money. They just want money. They just want money. I'm like, no. Yes, they, they need money, of course, right? But they want recognition. And people perform better when they feel better. It's a simple mm-hmm. thing. And it's amazing how many people don't really understand that. Yeah. So I yeah. applaud you for that. That's yeah, just great. I mean, even that, I sometimes look at our other businesses because today we have eight businesses. We just recently, like I think a month ago, started business number eight. So we also well, you, did. Uh, well, you had that money. itch. You had that itch. So you're going to. So I'll talk to you. In, I'll talk to you in like three years. And you'll be like, well, we're at 14 now. And your husband will be like, we have to stop. <laughs> Right. No, I know. It has to stop. It has to stop. But we also looked at like we were buying our coffee beans consistently from a roastery. And we just thought like we could be roasting our own coffee. And what I think is so we did. We started our own roastery like a month ago and it's beautiful and it's already running you know, beautifully. But it's those thoughts that sometimes come to business owners and then they'll think, no, I can't do that because I'm not qualified or we're not a specialist in it. I mean, we opened the roastery. We had no idea how to roast. You know, we know how to make coffee, but we don't know how to roast. And then I said to my assistant, um, you know, like, let's just go for a course. This is what other people do, whether they had a restaurant or not, they would go and, and learn how to do the skill. And that's mm-hmm. what we did. So, and again, out of that, a new business was born, but also again, new opportunities. I got to new hire new people. And, and that for me is so exciting. And I don't know where this business will go. I don't know how big it could ever go, but that's never the focus point for me. I think my thrill comes really, Jay, from just like, could I do this? If someone else could do this, I'm sure I could do this. And then it's like this whole little game I play with myself because I do believe that if there's been someone ahead of you that's done something that you're interested in, you just need to figure out the steps that you need to take. It's not always the same steps that they were taking, but you need to make it kind of work in your space. So yes, we might've taken longer to get one business off the ground than someone else could have done if they had no other businesses, but I enjoy the scalability of what I have. And that's what I really teach my clients today, that if you have a beautiful, successful business, that you already worked so hard to create, multiplying that, you know, whether you share it with other people, whether you own it and you have five of your own locations, you just get to have a bigger impact. You impact so many more clients. Like I love getting testimonials from clients in cities that I've never even been in. And that for me makes my mind go like explosive because then I'm thinking like I started this five years ago, but today someone thousands of kilometers away is enjoying my cup of coffee and my food. And it's only because I allowed myself to say yes. Because we say no so many times to our own selves and our businesses because we think our business is not ready. But you know what, Jay, the biggest secret is, is it's us. We keep ourselves from expanding. And I always teach my clients that your business is almost like a person by themselves. They just don't have a voice and they don't know how to drive the car. And that's why they need you. They need you to speak and they need you to drive the vehicle. But don't make decisions just because you're scared. Don't make decisions just because you don't know what to do or if it will work. Your business is already doing something. It's already solving problems for people. And you just need to find a way how you can share that, you know, with more people across the country. Yeah, I think it's important that you said that most people say no. Mm -hmm. And they should say yes. Because what's the worst that can happen? They'll fail. They'll learn. They'll get back up again. So, you know, entrepreneurs, we fail fast. We get up really quick. And we yes, don't take we things do personally. Again. We learn our mistakes. And I go, hit me again. Let's go. Yeah. And, and you know what, Jay? We actually do that now. When, before we start a business, we actually say, well, what if it fails? What's the worst that's going to happen? And we look. And especially if we're buying equipment or computers or even machinery, 
say, okay, well, we could probably sell it. You know, like, yes, it's secondhand. Yes, we'll lose money, but you never lose everything. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like we, even when we started the first coffee shop, we worked out like, this is how much it's going to cost us to build. So if it doesn't work and we had to rip everything out, and we can resell everything. What's the real cost that we'll lose? And, and you know what, Jay? Most of it was actually not money. It would have been my time. Because right. obviously the months of investment and the time and the hours we spent in training people, that is what I would have lost. But it's not actually the big thing that we put in our minds. And I, that's really something that I wish more entrepreneurs would entrust with themselves is that you can do these things. You might not know the next step and that's fine because you'll figure it out, but you can do these things and you just have to allow yourself to take the, the very next step, not the 20th one, not the one that's five years from now, but just right. literally the very next step. And that's how we elevate every day. Sure. I think that's great. It's like eating. An, how do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Otherwise you choke exactly. to death, right? Yeah. So tell me, you're in the franchise business of espresso coffee shops. Obviously, you've had to institute systems for duplicatability that people, mm -hmm. you know, this coffee shop is the same as this one and the same as this one. And this is how they're going to get away. How did that come about? So I think that we automated that from the beginning because we had the three locations. So we had the, the builder would build all the stores out exactly the same to the floor plan that we would create. And that's when I think we made most of our mistakes. We would look at how are we ordering stock? How is it put into the system? When are we placing orders? Like things were literally happening 24 seven. There was no system in the beginning, if I could be honest. But after the first three stores, we really noticed that if we wanted to expand and we wanted to grow and by that people were by that time people were offering us spaces so we knew that we were going to grow but we were holding back for a couple of months to say like well how can we do this in a simplified way there has to be one person that places the order there has to be one person that's responsible for this thing like every person eventually got you know a delegated task and these were we were a small team it was me and my assistant my husband would show up when there's pr because he was only <laughs> running the other businesses but we had it was just the two of us and then we made sure that each store had a responsible person that we would almost kind of appoint as an assistant manager and they would help us run these stores but having this the allocated people someone that takes responsibility for something like even customer complaints used to go only to my assistant that was just to clean up the mess if there was any complaints because we don't think about it but you know that's how issues become bigger is because no one was taking responsibility for it. There was no log for it. There was no feedback, you know, so small things like that. But even the system that we used for our computer system was the same for everybody else. And just recently, we actually updated all of our stores to a brand new platform that now finally allows me to sit at home, log something in and it updates all the stores at the same time. Nice. We didn't have that up till a couple of months ago. We actually had to log into everybody by themselves. But, you know, even that it's not the end of the world. You know, it might take you an hour to update something but it's not the end you know like that's how we had to grow and we always had to look at the pricing as well because i couldn't afford the best computer systems i couldn't afford because then the business model was not going to work and our model works that literally from day one you work from your till you should not be reinvesting more money into your business there's no need for you to take out an extra loan everything comes literally from the till so you can pay your suppliers on the same day like all of that was worked out so that it can be profitable and if it's not it means that there's other things happening there's a lot of waste there's theft and 
know, all of those things that needs to be attended to. But we really try to keep things very, very simple. We have a user manual that we update once in a while, but we are very focused on one-on-one -on -one training. So when we open a new store, we train the team completely. They're fully knowledgeable. They actually run an, a separate store for at least a week on their own so that we can see that they can actually run a store. So that when they open the new location, they are you know, a branded store. They know the people. They know what to sell. They know how to talk. And that makes it a little bit easier for us because we are more of a one-on-one -on -one type of you know, business model. We like to know the staff. We like to know who's really good at things. And then we pass it over to the new owner and that becomes their responsibility. Do you have a lot of turnover in staff or is it just Some stores do. I've noticed actually it depends on the location of the store itself, but some of our stores have none. So it's really, I, I wish there was like a, a method that I could say was happening, but we did notice that if you have one bad apple, you need to get rid of it as soon as possible because it's not just the... I want to say the attitude that changes in the environment just as well, like you would know, Jay, but it's also the, it's the customer service that goes down. It's the, the positivity. It's, it affects it, everything. There's a feeling in the space that's just not there. And you can tell through, you know, just being there. You don't even have to speak to anybody that the energy is not right. And that's what I, we've noticed that you need to have your person, someone that you trust in all of these locations so that they can give you the honest feedback and we pull staff apart we pull them aside we have coffee with them we talk to them and we really get to know what's happening so that if there is something going on that we can kind of nip it in the butt as soon as possible or just increase the training or just get the recognition to whoever needs to get that as well but it is a fine balance that you have to run it's not something that you can just switch it on and let the machine run itself because we're human yes. and humans come to work every day with their own personal problems and with their own baggage and with their excitement and their sadnesses so to find that space where I always say to my staff this needs to be your second home this needs to be the place where you get to leave all your personal problems behind and actually be free of not having to worry about things and just really love your passion that you're in because we have some beautiful baristas we've got some beautiful chefs who get to make beautiful things and I always encourage them to find your passion in that because the customers come back for that they don't come back to see me they don't come back to see the logo they come back to eat and drink your coffee and your tea and that's when they realize oh, okay, so that is actually us. And you have to teach them that because a lot of our people here in South Africa, they have a culture that I think they, they've always maybe been told that they're not really good at things. And until someone actually gives them that opportunity, it's a new space for them. So it takes them a while to actually step into their true light. So each location has one owner? Uh, no, some owner? of the locations have multiple. Well, yes, the owner would be single owned, but that one owner could have three or four locations. So do you train that? new licensee and hiring and interviewing and yes. training and so that yeah. he duplicates and we, we help them with all of that yeah even today like if they'll call us and say oh i need a new person we'll just assist them because we have a constant flow of applications that comes into us as well and we know by now what type of questions to ask and how to kind of catch them out on experience and we do reference checks and things but yes they know after a while how to do it themselves but like i said we have an open door policy so if you feel like you as a person need more training on maybe like how to manage your team or how to be more attentive to your numbers then we can assist you with that but we also because all of our accounting from all of the stores run through a major location we can also pick up of things are not looking well for a specific location and then we'll speak to them we'll send them more training the idea is for us to i don't want to babysit people i don't want to be on someone's shoulder i want you to give the opportunity to really flourish your own business but we also want to make sure it's successful for you because you've invested money but also it's like an extension of my baby so i want to make sure that works well you're the, the parent brand. company absolutely 
So yeah. what they do or they don't do reflects on, on you. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. That's good that you have a good open door policy because I've seen in other franchises where um, the licensees would not go to the company. They just yeah. don't, no, no, they're just going to make my life harder. They're just going to screw things up. They're just going to come down on me. They're not going to, you know, they may not entertain another location for me if I don't do this or that. So I think if you foster a good relationship from the beginning, like your open door policy, it worked. It's like, I'm okay. You're okay, but I'm here to help you. Exactly. You know? And there has to be a relationship, you know, like this totally. is not when you just sell a pair of shoes to someone and you might see them next year. This is really where they also have to understand that this is a business. You have to work in it to make it successful. Just because you buy a famous brand doesn't mean it's just going to be successful by itself. You know, people will still steal. People will still be upset. The coffee is going to be cold. Like things like this will happen and you have to be the one that takes responsibility for it. Yeah, and I, I've always that. had this kind of attitude with anything. Like if you're not happy with something, you have to speak up because the other person cannot fix it. You know, like just the other day I had a bad experience with, I went to the doctor and the receptionist, I didn't think she was doing a great job. And when the doctor <laughs> called me about something, I said to him, you know, by the way, I, I think she's kind of damaging your, your brand because, she, and he was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. And I said to him, because if she's doing it to me, she might be doing it to 10 other people. And, and I think this is what kind of like the humanity needs to understand more is instead of complaining by yourself about something, speak up you know, speak up in a nice way, come up with some suggestions, come up with some recommendations, you know, be kind in your words, but be open to the fact that it takes two to tango and we need to work together to make this brand successful because as the head office, we are constantly fighting for better prices. We're, you know, constantly negotiating for, you know, more stability and, you know, things that can really just run the business smoothly in the back end, which doesn't always get seen and doesn't always get appreciated, but that's fine. And it's, I still do it for my brand either way, but that's why we need the front which will be them to still come forward when things are not going as well as they'd like it to be and then be able to open be open to hearing suggestions and to really talk it out yeah and i think some people are more open than others obviously but if you start every yeah. relationship with a good opportunity mm-hmm. you know you build that relationship exactly yeah so that's really exciting i had a food truck that comes to my neighborhood this summer and he sells just burgers and so I said, I like my burgers, you know, medium. And he goes, no, no, we sell everything we cook is well done. Well, can't you just pull it off like a minute early? He's nope, everything is well done. I'm like, okay. So I'd like two orders of fries with that. And he goes, they all come with fries. I'm like, I didn't see that on the website. Like it didn't say that. So I, but that's good. It comes with fries. If I get home, the burgers are raw. Raw. <laughs> raw. So two weeks later, he goes back up. And I'm like, so, you know, I, I came a couple of weeks ago. I said, the burgers are raw. He goes, no, no, that's impossible. Everything is well done. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to help you. Like, <laughs> he's like, he didn't. Hear. And so the third time was the charm and it was still raw. And I was like, okay, I've tried to yeah. help you and I can't help you anymore. And if you don't want to hear me, I can't help you. And, and good luck. And so yeah. I was trying to be nice, right? I didn't tell him mm-hmm. I had this restaurant experience. I didn't say anything. I was just like, I'm exactly. a consumer. I just want my... Yeah meat cooked <laughs> and yeah, he was exactly. so and he was cooking it all and I think it's, it's because we don't like to hear that we're not doing something good or that we're not doing it as great as we thought it we could and I think Jay this changed for me when I hired my very first employee like 15 years ago and I remember when she came in and she was able to take off like half of the stuff I was doing during the day and I had all of this open time I realized that she was doing some of this stuff faster and better than me and instantly I had to make a choice like I could either be offended by that or I can get inspired 
by that. Right and on. I chose to rather hire a lot more people so that I can have more freedom of time and really be the CEO because a CEO has so many other tasks that you need to do to really grow a brand that I wanted to be in that space. So I, today, if someone also says they don't like something, I'm all ears to know why, how do you think we can make it better? But I do take everything with a bag of salt because not a pinch, but a bag of salt, because I know people come from different cultures. They come from different backgrounds yeah. and different experiences. It's just, I think, you know, Jay, if we can just all be nicer with each other and just be more open-hearted, the world will be a nicer place. <laughs> so much nicer. Totally. Like so much nicer. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who was thinking about opening a coffee shop? Love their franchise. Open up their own one. I would say, you know, do your homework, make sure that you know what things cost, but also before that, you need to know why it is that you want to do this. Like, what is your mission? So if someone walks into your coffee shop, what experience do you want them to have? And what is going to make them come back? Because I've been in some beautiful stores that they mostly sell the same things in coffee shops today, but there's either an ambience that's different, there's either the music that's different, or they have a signature dish that makes them stand out, or it's the colors, like there has to be something that is unique to you. Your menu can be exactly the same as someone else, but it's the way you present it. It's your service. It is that whole taste that you leave in someone's mouth when they leave. And mm -hmm. I think this is very important. People need to understand that it's not the once-off experience. It's the consistency of that. And if you want your brand to really change lives and impact people, then I would suggest, you know, look at from the beginning, like, what would this feel like if I could have five locations? You don't have to own all of them yourself. You can sell them off to other people. You can partnership with people. We've got a beautiful um, mom and daughter uh, franchisee that has bought one of our locations. So they do that together. So you can also have partners that do things with you to make it more interesting. I just think that you have to be passionately in love with what you do because this industry is hard. It is long hours. Things are not always appreciated by both sides of, of the party. And you need to make sure that your dream is much bigger than your fears because a lot of things will come up that will make you want to quit. It will make you feel like, oh no, there must be an easier way in life to make money, but there has to be something more. So if you can fall in love with your idea and you can say, I can change you know, lives with this by employment or just by sharing it as a franchise, then I think that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think success is always about overcoming yourself. And then especially in the food industry, you have to be an expert at so many hats, wearing so many hats. Otherwise, you just don't make it. So you need to pivot. You need to grow. You need to fail. You need to learn. And, you know, you need to have a big reason why. I think that's definitely one of the biggest things. And you have to be consistent, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, consistent. you have to show up even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, and that happens. And when we show up like that, we just have more coffee. Exactly. That's why we love coffee. I must say, I go through phases, Jay, where I actually drink more tea than I do coffee, but that's perfectly fine. We sell coffee or tea as well. But there has to be something that, you know, excites you about your business because you need to like people. I think if you don't like people, this is not the industry for you because you're going to have people as staff and you're going to have people as customers and even your suppliers are in the people world. So you have to be able to really manage that and be authentically you so that people always know who you are as a person, but know where your roles are with each person, you know, like how to treat customers and how to treat your staff in a specific way. But there has to be passion because I think if you're just energetically 
you know, in love with your business, it becomes contagious. People want to be around you for that specific reason. We have customers that only come back because the cashier already knows their order. They know their name. They're like a regular. And that makes people feel seen, which is the same like we mentioned before, that recognition. You know, like people just want to be seen today. They just want to be appreciated for coming and showing up. And I think both parties, whether you're the customer or the server, you need to both appreciate each other for that. Totally. I used to teach my order takers and my cashiers when they would say, welcome to Cravings. That was the name of my restaurant. And they had to say it with a smile. As soon as they walked in, welcome to Cravings. And I used to say to them, I go, you don't know if that person was just fired. You don't know if that person had saved up for a month to come and spend the $10 here. You don't know yeah. if that person was diagnosed with cancer this morning. You don't know if that yes. person just got a divorce with his wife mm -hmm. and is totally down. I go, true. you don't know what is going on. All you know is that you want to give them a great experience and make their day. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And that's, you know, Jay, that's true about life. You know, like we right. don't know the person next to us on the bus. We don't know the person in the car in front of us. And I think if all of us in our moments can just pause for that split second and go, I can be a better person right now and then try to react a little bit differently, it would change the world. But I think if we can just in our own spaces, next time we work, you know, or walk into a restaurant, just the same goes to that cashier. The same goes to that waiter. And we're all people. We all have life experiences. We all have things that happen to us and with us. So we need to be more kinder to each other and we can learn so much from each other. That's why when we started our business, I wanted to spend time in the other places first because I could see things that wasn't working well already. And I could see things that was doing so great. And I thought, that's what I want to do. Well, this is the kind of music I want to play, or this is the kind of ambience I wanted to create. And I wanted to put all of those things together to make it my own. And, and, and through that, we can learn from each other. So even if you go to a place today and you're getting bad service, try to take that away and go put it into your business and go, how can we not have that happen right. in our business? Yeah, because yeah. customers really want an experience today. Sure, they yeah. want great product and they want good fast service, right? And they want a clean environment or whatever it might be. But they also want the smile and they yes. want to be recognized. They want to be validated, right? And they want to be appreciated. How That's yeah. so simple, right? But so many people miss that in life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your, your story and, uh, yeah, I love your optimism and I love your positive attitude and I love your go-getter passion. I think it's just, you have to have it to be successful. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think most people need to see that kind of an example, like, you know, and what they, because who you are today when you start your first business or your first location is not who you are five locations down the road. Yeah. And certainly not after 32, you're continually evolving, but that's what makes life exciting. Exactly. And, and that's what should happen. You know, like I always feel, and my husband and I are so aligned with this, like when things start going wrong, like small things around us, we always look at each other and go, okay, it's about to happen. There's a new shift coming because mm -hmm. you cannot be the same person that you are today if you want to franchise your business to two stores. Because when you're there and you wanted to go to the 10th store, you have to be bigger and stronger and smarter. And you have to be like more of a go-getter to be at that level. It's the same with your income. If you're only currently earning $1,000, you are who you are in that space. But if you're earning $10,000 all of a sudden, you will act differently. And it's not about how we spend it in the clothes no, we wear. It's right, right. the way we think about life and the opportunities yeah. that we start looking at. So that's how we need to ask ourselves. I always say to my clients, make sure that you put yourself 
yourself in those rooms that are filled with people that have already got the success that you want or the results that you want. Like, even if you want to lose weight, make sure you hang out with the people that have already done it because they will inspire you to keep going. Where if you keep staying in the room where you're always the smartest one, you're the one that's already done anything, everything, you can't evolve from that. You can never grow. Yeah, I would get so bored in a room like that. So I love being around people that have done more than me or that just has changed other people's lives because I get to learn from them. Yeah, my dad used to say when I was a kid, he goes, watch who you hang around with because you'll be just like them. So hang around with people who lift you up. Yes. I don't want to see you hanging with that other kid. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. It's so true. true. Yeah. And life is to be lived. and It goes by quick. And I think you guys are setting a great example for your kids. And I think that's awesome. So I'd say your employees are lucky to have you guys. Oh, thank you. And that's why I'm so lucky that now we've structured the business in such a way that it can run successfully without us so that I get to be the mom at home, that I get to choose when I go into the office and I get to choose to start this new hub on the side and and we get to do these things, but it's decisions that were made and then it took action to make that happen. It doesn't happen overnight. Nothing is successful just overnight, but it's choices that are made in the moment. So I've always learned never to ponder too long on a decision because then nothing will come from it. So it's either a yes or it's know but choose one and then just go for it because that's the only way you get to see if it's going to work or not and then you evolve from there again yeah and move with urgency yes exactly exactly because life is so beautiful so let's let's enjoy it awesome well listen thank you so much for coming on i will be in touch with you and i really appreciated your story today thank you so much Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. Make sure you subscribe to the show in iTunes or wherever you consume podcast information. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a four or five star rating and a comment with a review below. We hope you truly learned something today. Share this podcast. We'll see you next time.